0: In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. Oh. Oh.
2: Jordan have yo, 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 yo. been getting Jordan money, Jordan i
0: What is going on, DGEN Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generals podcast this week for the WGC Mexico event. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing this week, brother?
2: I'm doing good, man. We're, we're getting close. Uh, you know, It was another good week of golf. We'll talk about it. Lots to to talk about. Controversies, everything there. Maybe we agree, maybe we don't. But another, another good week. Wasn't the best DFS week, but uh, overall, Solid and then really looking forward to the, the Honda, man. Getting, getting to see you guys, getting to see everybody across the industry. It's going to be a ton of fun, and we're you know, just a week away now, so I'm trying to grind through one more week of work, and then good to go. I got my vacation days booked.
0: Yeah, it was a great event. I mean, on the coverage, they said it was the, the, the strongest field in a regular season PGA Tour event, so no majors, no WC, and no FedEx, but a regular season event in the last 13 years so I uh, it was it was a, it was a solid solid event uh, you know it was it was a good Sunday I mean basically anything could happen that Sunday it was tough sledding out there I think the the lowest score on the course was three under par uh, on Sundays and only two golfers shot three under par uh, on Sunday, it's really, really tough, and that's one thing. If I was on the Mayo Pod this past week, and we we're talking about uh, the distance and like you know what you can do, they're trying to bring the, the the technology back. They're trying to bring the golf ball back. I mean, just make more courses like this. You yeah. know, firm, fast conditions. It still doesn't matter if you know it's firm, fast conditions. And if you saw the leaderboard, uh, I mean, like I think six golfers averaged in the top ten over 300 yards uh, a drive, and then there were like four or five golfers. Uh, in the top ten, that averaged under three hundred yards drive, so you know there were different ways to go about this event. Shorter guys still were in it because the fairways are fast and they're rolling hard the The greens were very, very firm, which made even though the rough was light, you know it, you could get you still couldn't get any spin on it, and that made you know it really tough to hit it out of the rough even though the rough wasn't crazy crazy thick because the greens were so firm. Uh, you know, it was a great event. I, it, you know, that's the way I like golf. I mean, I think the PGA Tour needs to think about having more courses set up like this, these fast and firm conditions. And I know sometimes the weather plays is an issue. But, you know, you think about it right now, it's probably like 80% birdie fest, 20% not birdie fest. Maybe you yep. need to switch that up a little bit. Maybe 60-40 or something. Just, just give us a little bit more of these type of tests that we saw at Riviera uh, this past week. What do you think of the event?
2: Yeah, and I agree, and that's again part of the reason I'm so excited for Honda and why I want to go there this year is because I'm used to you know Waste Management Phoenix Open where it's a bit of a birdie fest, you know, not quite to the extreme of some of the other events, but in general. And you look at last year when Keith Mitchell won, you know, Ricky and and Brooks were sitting on the green at eight under, and and Mitchell makes that 18-foot bomb to get to nine under. That was sort of the same thing, a Sunday where not many guys shot better than four under. I think Ryan Palmer was like seven under because. You know, he plays well in the wind and, it got, and the weather got up. But, I mean, those types of events, like you said, are just so much better. I wish they would space it out more, have more of these. Because, like you said, look at the caliber of player that's in it to the end. You know, we've got Scott, Kucher, Rory, Hideki, Bryson. And then you go down just a little bit and it's DJ, uh, you know, RCB, Rom, Cantlay, X, all these other dudes that were making a run on Sunday that, you know, there was hope at certain points. Uh, now, that's a different story if we would have seen it or not. But I'll say this. Uh, if they can make more events like this, uh, they'll be talking much less about technology, to your point, and a lot more about what the you know, how great the finish was. Because this isn't a major. It's just the Genesis Open. I say just. It's a great event. Bigger purse. Everything's solid about. Tiger's event. There's lots of allure around it. But for me, I, I love events like this much more than a 20-under event.
0: All the yeah, time. Yeah, it was a great, great win by Adam Scott. Uh, you know, the crazy thing was during the coverage – I mean, during that 15-minute gap where there's a break between Golf Channel and CBS, I mean, we missed probably the most important hole. I think uh, 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 Adam Scott and uh, uh, Roy McIlroy went uh, double-triple during that 15-minute break, and we weren't able to see any of that. And, God, don't get me started on the coverage. If you want to hear my takes uh, on the TV coverage from yesterday, go check out my Twitter feed because I just went off on them. Uh, It was just horrible, so I'm not even going to bring that up. Uh, during the pod, go to go to go to uh, go to my Twitter feed or listen to Mayo's pod from last week where we can talk about that. But just, uh, just, I was going
2: to say listen to Mayo's pod because I checked it out the, you know, this evening just to get some takes around the industry in case we brought it up. And, and the biggest thing was I agreed with Mayo. Uh, my problem was, is that if, if the PGA was a restaurant that didn't serve steak yet and now everyone's saying, let's get Wagyu beef in here. Like everyone's trying to change it to like the ultimate extreme where we're carrying around GoPros and iPhone. Like it's just too much. We're not going to get there. And and it wasn't being rude to you. I was just saying like if you want to see KH Lee's top 20 or your Norin over 70 round, like that's a bit further away. All I'm trying to do is like you said, you said one good point. Let's get rid of the gap. How can they not figure out the gap yet? Between coverages, and, and well, I understand and the there, gap. There's so
0: many things, though. I I, I understand the gap because it, it, when they, when they, when they go from golf channel to the NBC, there's no gap because they both own the golf NBC. Oh, I golf get it. Channel I'm saying, but own, that's Cameron, what they
2: need. To, that's what they need to get around. Well, say yeah. that's what people will crave more. Like you said, we're getting it turned on and getting to see the putt of Rory for triple. And then the Adam Scott putt for bogey that turns into a double. That's all we got. We didn't see the whole way how it happened, how it got there. Anything. I get that there's radio out there that uh, you know makes that a little bit better. I, I think the best suggestion was a guy during the Twitter back and forth that said, let's get a commentator on every hole and just give us the audio of it. Because that's what I'd want to, you know, that'd be fine. If I can tune in and follow my, you know, my stream of my audio, what my guys are doing, I don't need to see it. And that and that brings me back. My only rant on the thing was the the Harold Varner thing. I actually went back and rewatched some of the coverage today with it being a holiday here. And I'll tell you what, they showed like every Varner shot except for that. And that's to me is not a rant. I don't know why everyone's so pissed off. They didn't see the top drive that wasn't even a top drive. The bottom line was, it was, you know, they. Do you know why they didn't show it? I rewatched it again. It was right after the segment with the CEO, and that's one thing they have to do. It. I get it with the Genesis CEO with his belly button hanging out on the screen and whatever. Uh, guy was Jack, by the way. I did love to see that. You know, if, if I'm 60 and look like that, I'm happy. Trust me. But you know what? The reason it wasn't shown was because while Varner was on the tee, they were showing Kuchar, who was putting for the lead. He had a birdie putt to take the lead. He was in the co lead. That's yeah, gonna. But, that's just gonna how, take precedent. How
0: hard is it to just record? varnish shot and play it next they could have
2: they could have but i'm saying what is it what is it changing if they do that like who needs what did it matter if you saw that shot? here's
0: the thing man every sport you can watch like there's there's red zone channel in the nfl there's the mlb uh the the, the package you can get where you can watch every game there's the nba package where you can watch every game uh there's in in tennis you can find a video of almost every tennis match you want uh, if you look hard enough uh And, and but in golf it's just you can't it's, it's logistic and, and but the thing about golf is it seems like they're the only sport that doesn't want to improve uh, they're, they're, they're trying they're, like
2: i said you got to give them a chance they're they're, they're, they, the, they haven't
0: the, done shit what do
2: you mean the, the players it's,
0: it's coming up at the players okay, and everyone we'll and everyone already wants we'll to hate on it if you remember
2: goes. back to the masters people hated on the masters saying it's not going to work they they outlisted to another app company they made it a hell of a lot better every shot was like hd quality perfect you could watch when you wanted. it was great yeah. It and I know great. this isn't the same. I know it's not going to be the same. I get it. I'm just saying they are working towards it. Everyone that keeps bringing up tennis, I can watch every match, basketball, all these channels. It's the logistics. There's 18 holes versus one court, even in tennis. Yes. They're watching 18 courts and you can flip to which court, but they need a camera on, they need one camera. If that on every court to show you the action golf, I don't want to see an iPhone video of Harold Varner swinging his club on the tee just to see that he topped it. I want to see the action, the quality of in the air, where does it land? Then what does he have for left for a putt? I want to see the quality more than the quantity. They still need to improve quantity, but I'm saying I don't really care about them falling around just so I can see every shot. I'd rather see approaches, where it landed, what they've got left, left to look at, and then, of course, the putts, because the putting is all that matters.
0: All right, well, we can agree or disagree on that. Just speaking of the event itself, Adam Scott what a win. Uh, another back-to-back win in his last Seven wins, six have come back-to-back. So anytime Adam Scott wins an event and and he didn't win the week before, you probably should play him uh, the next week. The guy is a back-to-back king. Uh, He's been doing it for a while. You saw DJ, uh, you know, I thought he was going to win going into that. But, I mean, honestly, he had like a C game uh, this past week, and he still was able to finish, you know, top ten. That's why I love him this week. Uh, He's probably my favorite play. We'll go over that here a little bit dfs wise for me it was a weird week i mean i've sort of been snake bit with my cash game cornerstones like i had Bob missed to cut last week uh for, for this event uh, last week and then he's the one who had three wins in the last six years and was coming off two top sixes great form he missed a cut earlier this year i had woodland in an event uh, where he had you know a, a bunch of top tens leading up and he crushed that event uh, you know the previous years he missed a cut. i had the same thing happen with snedeker uh, another event he, you know uh, he was playing extremely good golf coming up to the event his irons are clicking and then you know he's playing in a, in a tournament where he'd normally do well every year he missed the cut so it feels like i'm getting snaked but the thing is a lot of these guys are over 9k you know I, i'm getting all the cheap guys right you know i can't get these 9k guys it's so frustrating like you know i and when Bubba and the way Bubba missed the cut what was the three putt from four feet jesus christ I mean, I was, I was just tilting. And so the, the problem is, so for cash, I ended up bubbling, but I still lost like 30 bucks in cash because I didn't hit enough. The $250 single entries uh, I played, I didn't win those. And those are the biggest ones that I'm in. Uh, luckily, I've hit top 35 in the Mayo Listener League and I hit top 35 in our Listener League. So that was like 150 bucks in GPPs from $20 worth of entries. And I did pretty well in GPPs. I did okay in GBP, so I won like 8 bucks. So it was a winning week, you know. It was nice. You know, two weeks, last two weeks, I lost. So it was nice to, to have a winning week, even though it was only $8. Now, I did win about $80 in Showdown, so, so that, that, that gave me a little bit of a bonus. Uh, but uh, it was just really frustrating for me. And, and the crazy thing is, you know, Justin Thomas is my highest-owned golfer. And he missed the cut, and so you know as i as we've talked about on the podcast, my strategy when it comes to g p p is just never going over fifty percent on a single golfer, and I was at like forty forty six percent just to Thomas last week, so luckily, you know, I had Rory up there big, I had a whole bunch of Bryson, I love Bryson last week, and I think Bryson, the way you see him hitting his drivers, every driver every course that he's going to play, you got to be on him because uh, that's just my thinking. He's going to be good. I talked about him on the Mayo pod as well. I think what he's doing now with his length, he's going to be someone to keep an eye on, even though we have already know what he can do. I think he can only improve. Uh, how did you do uh, last week, Tampa?
2: Basically the same as you opposite times 10. So yeah, it wasn't the greatest week. I, I kept okay. giving it back in showdown. It was, uh, it was just the, one of those things where you just don't put all the pieces together. If you look at my article on Gup's corner, my, you know, my two bottom end guys were Ortiz and Varner. They were solid. You know, I faded Bubba, which was awesome to see him go bogey bogey out. I, I think the trend to what you're speaking to, I know it's, you, you definitely have been statement and it's a little bit of poor luck on your hand, but I think it's a lot of these course history guys. We're going to talk about DJ here, but the course history, more expensive price guys like, like Bubba 9,600, you know, DJ this week with the price up to 11. There'll be, there'll always be a reason to talk about it. There was really no reason not to be on Bubba last week, but just for GPPs and you know, I'm living that GPP life where, you know, just got to make those fades. It just didn't seem right to me to pay almost 10 K for Bubba up there, even though all the signs pointed to yes, it just, it just doesn't always work out when there's valid pivots around him and you know, guys that just couldn't come through, like the Cantlays or the Brookses. You know, they just don't show up, even though they make the cut. And out to Bubba. It's not going to be enough. You know, we liked Scott. You know, I liked Rory, Hideki, Bryson, all those guys that are up there. It's just about putting the pieces together, right? And then you got guys fall apart. So I went from winning money to you know, on Saturday to losing money on Sunday, and giving some back in showdown on Sunday as well, because like you said, there wasn't many. Many low rounds out there on Sunday for that matter. So, of course, the guys that show up on Sunday are like the Xanders and Cantlays out of nowhere from the bottom. And sometimes that's just the way it goes. So I'm excited to move on to this week because that's like, uh, I think, three losing weeks in a row now that uh, I'm definitely looking for a bounce back. But my last big week was the winning – well, my biggest week so far of the year was the kickoff week, which was a smaller field, no-cut event. So, and I look back, and last year I got fifth in the club twirl at this event. So I am excited to get back to a WGC like this one.
0: All right. And, you know, and the funny thing is, um, you know, even though I only had about 10% Bubba. So again, that's another strategy thing that I've talked about before in GPPs, at least yeah. I only had 10% Bubba. So, so that helped me out. Um, and, and the crazy thing is I, you know, I, I put out my cash game cornerstones on Gup's Corner and my article on Gup's Corner every Wednesday. And I add about eight different other cash plays that I like in every single price range. So I had uh, the only two miscuts I had out of that group was Justin Thompson, Bubba Watson, which <laughs> is crazy. I only had three guys picked over 9K, and two, and the other one was Decky, I think, and he did all right. Uh, I think he had a top five, top ten, something like that. But I had, like, five guys in the top ten also uh, in that range, uh, in that thing. So, it, like, it was just really frustrating uh, because it could have been a huge week for me if shit had just gone just a little bit different. All right, so let's talk about um, – Let's go to our listener league from last week. Before we get to our listener league, Tambo, why don't you tell, us, tell, the, tell the, the audience about our listener league and what we've been doing about it the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, we bumped it up. We went up again. I know last week everyone said it was still uh, too small and wanted to make it bigger. So we talked to DraftKings. They bumped it up to 3000 All it did was change it slightly, guys. What we wanted to do, our main focus, was to keep the top prize decent, make sure the 10th still paid 10% of first. So its first is 2000 uh, 10th is 200. It's still going to stay the same. Always the $5, three max, no rake, fully guaranteed. It's just bumped up to 3000 and that made it go down from 18% paid to 17%. But I'm, like I said, like I can talk about last week, I'm com- comfortable anywhere between 15 and 18. As long as it stays balanced throughout last place gets double their money as far as cashing goes. And then your, your top prize equals 10% to 10th. So, uh, that's how it's going to be for this week. I think right now looking at it, we're almost at like 16 or 1700 and we're just recording it doesn't lock till thursday at 8 a.m or i think 10 a.m eastern whatever it is so we'll, we'll see but it's looking like it's going to stay at this number and if it fills up this week then we'll see about it for honda make it
0: even bigger all right sounds good so let's get to the listener league winner from last week it was dusty bottoms who has a uh, an avatar of a chevy chase in his three amigos costume uh which is a great movie uh by the way if you've <laughs> never seen three amigos you need to check that out so dusty bottoms he had Rory McIlroy, who finished fifth. And that birdie by Rory on eight really fucked me, too. That was like another $80 I lost on that one in, in cash. But uh, Rory finished in fifth, 91.5 points, 15.28% owned. Had Adam Scott, 115 points, who won, uh, 13.56% own. He had Decky, uh, fifth place, 93.5% owned, or 93.5 points, 11.64% owned. He had Carlos Ortiz, uh, sixty-one point five points, eighteen point four percent owned. Sun Kang, who had a hell of a week uh, this past week, two point one two percent owned. Uh, he had a hundred uh, two point five points. And Party Marty Laird uh, he finished even sixty-six points uh, in forty-third place, and uh, it, it was less than one percent owned. What you think of the lineup? Yeah, he was definitely unique
2: in those two at the bottom. I think the rest, it just shows like, a you know, it was just a, a good build all around. But Rory, Scott, Matsu, I mean, that's a, a solid start. Loved Ortiz down at the bottom. Laird was a course history guy. He did come up on the E9 over at Gup's Corner with Bucks and I last Wednesday. And, and I was like, I don't know if I can do it. And he was, you know, not the greatest score for him, but at 0.9%, made the cut, did his job, you know, 66 points. But Kang, man, Kang puts up points for days. Like when Kang comes in, I think it was at the waste measurement when he came in like 50th or something, he's still at almost 70 DK points. He's got places where he's come in like 30th and he gets you like almost 90. And here, when you get a T2 out of him, what do you know? 102 points. I mean, that's just huge, right? So, uh, you know, Kang at 6,700 beats Rory by over 10 points at, you know, what was Rory 10 or 11, 6 or whatever. So, I mean, overall, Great lineup, Dusty Bottoms. We'll see him in the three man. Shout out to the guy in second, Coach Beeve. Uh, I know he tweeted us out. He put up uh, massive ROI. I think he won almost like 30 grand on like 250 bucks in buy ins, is what I saw. So, a huge week for him as well. But yeah, Dusty Bottoms has been invited to the season end league, and uh, we'll get him in the three man this week for sure.
0: All right, sounds good. Let's talk about gupscorner.com. Go to gupscorner.com, use promo code DGEN10, save yourself 10% on a GUPS Corner subscription. One of the best sites out there. Me and Tampa, we both work for him. You know, the the PGA tools are getting started, and they're really, really cool. The Slack chat is large. People are on there talking, giving out their points, you know, asking questions, getting questions answered, which is, you know, always key. Uh, Every single week, you get my article. You get Tambo's article. You get Gup's ownership rankings. You get Gup's showdown plays. You get his uh, ownership percentages. And the thing is, it's not just golf when you sign up. You get every single DFS sport, and you get some betting tips as well on the site. Great site. Use promo code dj 10 Come join me and Tamo. Come join the Gubs Corner family. It's definitely worth the money, uh, and, and it's a great site, and I love the community. All right, so let's get to this week. The top golfers in the world head south of the border as they tackle the club. Day they- golf chapultepec in mexico city for the wgc mexico championship this is only the fourth time the pga tour has played here so course history is only a small factor this week but there is some chatter online that are riviera uh, Torrey pines firestone doha which is the Joburg open and crancer sierra golf course which is the omega european masters are correlated courses uh, if you're a course history buff you may want to take a peek at the leaderboards from these courses the last few years. And since there's a bunch of Euros in this field, you'll find some of their names up top. The leaderboard these years, uh, the leaderboard three years ago was filled with bombers, even though a lot of golfers, most golfers, took less than driver off the tee. Two years ago, there are more shorter hitters near the top of the leaderboard, but theaters should still have a slight advantage here simply for the fact that they're longer off the tee, even with less, less than driver in hand. And with shorter clubs off the tee, the Bombers can hit more fairways with a distinct advantage leading to a lot of short irons on these greens. Now, I wouldn't discount shorter hitters who are ball-striking machines, though. Uh, And also good with their short game. That's going to be another important part. Uh, The course also seems like a risk-reward type course as there are a ton of eagles, but also a ton of double bogeys. You can see the risk-reward nature of the course by looking at the final scores. Uh, three years ago, DJ won at minus 14 with 22 birdies or better. But if you shot even par that week, you were still inside the top 50% of finishers that year. Uh, if you shot minus one two years ago, you were right around the top half once again. Now, this tournament is, I think, like a 72-man 70, no-cut event. So every golfer will play four rounds unless they're the withdrawal. With no real course history, no cut, and an influx of golfers who don't play too many events on the PGA Tour, this could be a week to lighten your bankroll. But, you know, for me, I'm playing what I usually play. Uh, It's a good event, and I enjoy it. All right, so now Club the Golf Chapultepec is a 7,300-yard par 71 with four par threes and three par fives. The par fives are fairly lengthy, with two of them being well over 600 yards. There are also a lot of short par fours on this course, six of them, are under 420 yards. This course sits at over 7,000 feet above sea level, so it'll play much shorter than the yardage suggests. If you take the altitude into account, this course is well under 7,000 yards long. Most experts have said the course plays closer to 6,700 yards, but this number will be different for every golfer based on how high they hit the ball. Uh, In this type of altitude, the higher you hit the ball, the shorter the course is. And now if you hit a low ball, the altitude will definitely affect the ball's distance less. Now, I'm not saying, you know, go and check the apex flights or anything. Just, you know, it's just going to lead to a lot of math this week when it comes uh, to trying to figure out how far your irons are going to go. Now, off the tee, golfers will see average to below average size fairways that are heavily tree lined and guarded by fairway bunkers. Visually off the tee golfers will probably think the fairways are narrower than they actually are because of the heavy tree presence on both sides of almost every fairway. Uh, now the, the rough, I, I didn't really find the length. Uh, couldn't find the exact length, uh, but it is going to be cool. You rough. And, but looking back in the last couple of years, it doesn't, it seems like they keep the rough short. And I think they do that on purpose. Because if they made the rough thick and you missed the fairway, the ball will just stop and it won't get to the tree line. And you probably have an easier shot uh, from, from the thicker rough not, and not behind the trees. Now, if the rough is shorter, the ball can bounce a little bit more in that rough and it can bounce into those trees and make your approach shot a lot tough, a lot tougher. Uh, You know, on approach shots, golfers will see greens with an average length of 27 yards from front to back and much less than that in width. There is a good amount of slope and undulation on these greens, and greenside bunkers will be in play. The majority of greens slope from back to front, so keeping it under the hole on approach shots will be key, especially if the greens are fast. Last year, they ran an average stimulator meter around 11.5, but we'll see how that goes this year. I'm thinking it'll probably be around that again. Now, the two smallest greens on the course are on the par 5-6 hole and the par 5-15 hole, which will make going for the greens and two a bit tougher on those holes. The greens use a blend of POA and bank grass, and should hopefully will be firm. Uh, one last tidbit before we get into the stats. Uh, nearly 65% of winners at WGC events all time have a major win on their resume. The green usually rises to the top in these events. and I think 13 of the last 16 WGC events – have been won by golfers inside of the top 25. Don't quote me on that, but I think I read that earlier today. All right, before we get into stats, Tambo, why don't you talk about uh, Thrive Fantasy?
2: Yeah, we got a new sponsor for the pod, guys. Pretty excited about it, Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Basically, they're a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They load them up daily so that you can go on. It's just, you know, you don't have to worry about the cut and all that sort of thing. It's just going to be props every day that you go on. Right now, they already have their Thursday-only contests up. Uh, ThriveFantasy.com. You can use promo code Degen, D-E-G-E-N. They'll match up to twenty-five dollars on your first deposit. You'll receive it instantly. Can use it right away to play in their games. They do have a twenty-five dollar Thursday only this week with a two-thousand-dollar guaranteed prize pool. So it's ninety people. First is five hundred. Seconds three fifty. Goes down from there. But the real benefit is you only got to pick five out of ten player props they give you, and you're only picking it out of the top guys. So they've got, you know, a Justin Thomas prop, a John Rahm prop, a Roy McIlroy prop, a Fleetwood prop, etc., etc. Only the top names. So it'll be guys, you know, it'll be guys you have strong feelings towards and that you have takes on. And the idea is you're just, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. So for example, John Rahm is 0.5 total Eagles on Thursday. If you think it's over, you get 125 points. If you think it's under, you get 75 points. The goal is to rack up the most points to win your share of the prize pool. They've got new contests every day. So again, like I said, you don't got to sweat the cut. You can see it as, it as it goes out throughout the weekend. They have other sports on there. But check it out today, guys. Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store. and Or just go to thrivefantasy.com, sign up, and prop up today. Use promo code Degen. That's D-E-G-E-N.
0: Yeah, Kenny? Yeah, def- yeah, definitely a really cool site. You know, the thing about it is if you've been struggling in showdown and stuff, you want to be able to play every day and you're not that down, you haven't gotten the showdown yet. This is a great, easier way to throw your money in and still have, you know, make, make watching it more fun, uh, you know, on a daily basis with easier pops and easier ways to win money. So it's a great site to get on Thrive Fantasy Now. Go ahead, Tambo.
2: Yeah, I got the stats. I mean, it's not going to be much different than what we talked about last week. Not that it's the same course or anything, to to your point, but just to bring it up, I mean, it's still, you know, we're talking tree line, off the tee, tee to green, approach, greens and regulation, around the greens with those smaller greens. Definitely saw some stats in relation to, to the three-putt avoidance. I know it's kind of... Uh, a sample size thing and, and a smaller one, but it's good putters cream of the crop. Like you said, tends to the rise and then definitely experience here as lo- as much as it's not going to be a course history thing. I think it will be with some guys like a Dustin Johnson one, two out of the three times at this event. But the the main thing is more so about being able to be out in that altitude before like a guy like Bryson, who will be a little bit you know controversial because last year everyone thought Bryson would run shit here because it's uh, it's altitude, it's numbers, it's math. He's the mad scientist. And he actually really struggled with it because you know, like some say, maybe it blew his head up. Right where it was too much to think about on a first time out. Now he's got some experience in the bag. And the only other thing I'll say is to me, uh, I will look at some of these other names. We've seen some of these, and by other names, I mean some of the European tour guys that aren't going to be as fresh to everybody. And I'll talk about OWGR. I'm not always the biggest fan, but just to give you an idea, some people wouldn't know that this guy's like 43rd in the world rankings and is considered in that group when they say X amount of guys in the top 50 in the world are here. These are some of the guys they're talking about are the top 75, uh, and I'll bring up some of those. So when I when you, you do hear me mention them by their OWGR, it's not that I'm super into that. It's more just so you know kind of what I'm talking about, and then I'll relate it to certain points that go with it. Anything else to add there, Kenny?
0: No, I, I think I think guys who, who tend to avoid bo- the big numbers w- yeah. would be good this week as well because there's a lot of double bogeys on this course, so I got like double bogey avoidance uh, is something that I'm plugging in uh, this week, which I don't usually do. So, you know, guys who avoid the big numbers is going to be something I look at. Right on. All right, so let's get to this top range here on DraftKings, the 10K range. We've got Hideki all the way to Rory. Who are you going with this week?
2: Yeah, they're teasing me with Hideki, man. He's right at five figures, and I might break my rule because starting at the bottom, I'll get to the guys at the top in a second, but Matsuyama's just been on fire, right? Off the tee, tee to green, around the green. And he had it all at Riviera, to be honest. He's close. Uh, you know, his recent form overall has been solid, but the numbers that, you know, we just saw at Riviera really impressed me. It just, you know, it's culminating towards something, And we haven't seen Decky win in a while, but (sighs) it's... The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle
0: is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's.
1: Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.
2: It's Sometimes at events like this, like uh, you know, wasn't it at Firestone when he just took over on that Sunday and won? And, and I uh, believe
0: probably he's won that. He's been good there when when it was when the when the uh, the event was played.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that's again he's yeah. gonna have to get hot. But like last year, DJ got hot and won by five strokes here. Even though Rory was second, DJ was far and away first. So it can happen where something like that goes down. I, I'm definitely liking. Uh, Matsuyama for that reason. At the top, I don't really have, you know, T2POs for this week on a smaller field. I got a couple for you, but it'd be more like T2POs, I guess. My my first one's going to be though, is uh, is going to be uh, Rory, or sorry, Rom over DJ. So I said we'd get to it. You mentioned You know, the DJ is this week's Bubba, in my opinion. It's not just because of what happened last week or what's been ongoing throughout the year. It's just, there's such a, I think the biggest thing is, like I said, it's it's sort of this course history thing. That everyone gets to their mind. I know DJ played great last week and all signs point to it, but his price got bumped because of it. He went up a thousand bucks. I know it's his course, quote unquote, but I mean, McElroy's done well here. Rom hasn't done the greatest, but the reason I like Rom is because I said all year so far that I'm not going to stop on these guys Rory, JT, Rom. They're all right there. I just like Rom the best because of the price 10 6, right? I think he's more than fair. His recent form has been incredible. He wasn't looking that bad week. Like, he really didn't do anything last week and was still in the top 20. So for me, I know DJ was still in the top 10 without doing anything, but to me, I like, I like Rom's upside on the year more. I know DJ is coming into form, but it just seems to be something with these Sundays. I'll I'll take Rom over DJ. And then I still like McElroy at the top. If I'm paying up, I mean, 11, five is what it is. It's actually a, a drop from last week. Got second here last year. His form is five, third, fourth, first, and third. It's just, he's not, I'm not stopping now. Uh, just because of one bad Sunday last week. It's, you know, his recent form, second year last year, those two things drive me. Not sure about uh, JT, but definitely we'll have the least of Dustin Johnson here just because I know he'll be popular and you got to differentiate somewhere. What about you, Kenny?
0: Yeah, I think Dustin Johnson will be popular, but I'm going to go ahead and use him as my first cash game cornerstone. I never, rarely ever get used a guy this high priced, uh, but this is a no cut event. So it, you could be a little bit more aggressive in cash. Uh, and I like the way, the thing about DJ, what I saw from him last week. It honestly looked like he had a C game, maybe a C plus game, and he finished top ten. You know, if he can come here and do and get his irons a little bit sharper than what they have been, uh, especially his wedges, Uh, and I think that can happen. You know, this is Dustin Johnson; he's not going to be, you know, hitting his wedges off every week. You know, from now on, I think it was just a little bit of a funk that he's in, but I think he can get over it on this type of course. Uh, You know, he's still going to have 300 yard drives with his, you know, two iron. You know what I'm saying? In his altitude, he's going to be able to hit it straight. He's going to be able to hit more fairways. Does he keep a driver in the bag. He's going to have a lot of wedges. He's, he has two wins here, like you said, in three years. Uh, I'm going to go high uh, this week in cash, and I'm going to go Dustin Johnson in my first cash game cornerstone. But Hideki's my favorite GPB player. I'm with you. Uh, again, the guys has been playing extremely good golf. Uh, I'm going to be using a lot of deck. He probably will be my highest own golfer in GPPs. All right, so let's move to this 9K range. Don't go ahead and get started with my second cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Tommy Fleetwood, uh, who's, you know, Iron Game has been exceptionally strong this year uh, on the European Tour. Uh, he's had good finishes here. He's a guy who avoids the big number. I think that's one of the reasons why I like him so much this week. I mean, just in PGA Tour events, so not in European Tour events. But in PJ Tour events, he's uh, inside. He's seventh in bogey avoidance and 13th in double bogey avoidance in this field. I really like that. Tee to green, he's always strong. And he's very, very good around the greens. And, then, you know, if you look back at some of these golfers around here, it, 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 the short game has been very, very important um, in this tournament. So I like Tommy as my second cash game cornerstone. So I'm starting with 11K and a 9K, guys. So you know I'm going low for one of these guys. And it's definitely going to be, that's the way I'm going to go about cash this week. I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive than usual, just because they are playing all four rounds. Now, GPP wise, I like Webb. Yeah, I don't think you can go against Webb. Uh, the thing about him is he's really good on short par fours. And there's, I think more than half the par fours on this course are under 420 yards. He's like first and second in par four efficiency from, um you know, 400 to 450 he's first, From 350 to 400, he's second in this field. Uh, You know, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. So I like Webb, um, and I like Xander uh, a little bit on this type of track, a little bit more technical. um, And and I don't know how popular he'll be because I think Tommy will be be popular. But, again, another guy who's good on these shorter par fours. Um, He's also good on the par fives. There's a lot of eagles on this course. And that's another reason I like Dustin Johnson. Uh, Dustin Johnson only has, I like, think, 16 rounds so far on tour. And I'm pretty sure he's top five, maybe even in the lead, in total eagles. Uh, there's a ton of eagles on this course. Uh, so that ROM pop bet that you talked about for Thrive Fantasy, I'd probably go the over uh, on round one. You know what I'm talking about? So, so I like those. Uh, so I like Webb and Xander a, a bunch. Uh, Bryson, I'm probably not going to play this week because, you know, I think his biggest strength now is his driver. Uh, And you're not going to see the driver that much uh, coming off the tee. So I think that sort of mutes his now biggest strength. Uh, So no Bryson for me. Who do you like?
2: Yeah, we're on the same page here. Again, don't compare notes beforehand. But Love Webb, you know, recent form is just insane. You know, stats line up completely well here. It's just it hasn't shown yet. But like I said, the sample size is so so small that it doesn't matter to me. And he may come in low owned if, if people are going to go back to Scott off of back-to-back wins or, you know, as the the love migrates to the bottom range of X and Fleetwood, who I like just like you. There's no reason not to. I think X is really strong. Obviously, we know what he does in WGC's strong field, condensed field, recent form. Uh, you know, 14th, 18th, the two times he did play here. Not really much more to say with him. It's pretty obvious. But Fleetwood's the interesting one. I, I want to see how high he gets because it'd be tough to get away from. You know, 11th, second, second, a win at the Ned Bank are, you know, are his last four results. Stats line up. And then, you know, he did have a second year three years ago, a 14th and a 19th. I mean, he's done decent every single year, but the price is up a little bit. Uh, I'm not in on Scott after back to back wins. And like you said about Bryson, I was kind of hoping. Ryson would be a little more popular. It sounds like he won't be with a little bit of a price jack to 9K. Uh, you know, the stats weren't terrible last week because, like you said, a lot of it comes from off the T, and that's where he gets his stats from now with that driver. But it is, you know, muted a little bit here. And then the fact, like I said about last year, I just don't think he's gonna have it all figured out one year later. And, and whatever, if he burns me, he burns me. But I'll I'll take the guy below him and, and I can kick us off into the 8K range, Kenny. Um Usti's right there, right? That that's kind of where I'm at. I, and I know. He's not always the most popular play and people worry about withdrawing his bed and all this shit. But at the end of the day, 23rd, fifth, second, second, 20th, his recent form has been on fire, you know, stats solid around the green guy that's made for sort of these events, just where, you know, it just grind away, grind away, and then get hot for a round or two. And that can mean a world of difference. And at 8,900, I think that's completely fair there. I'm not big on Kucher right below him. So my second, like I guess I only really got two. The other one I'm strong on is Casey over Kuchar. Uh, You know, Kuchar was pretty much all putter last week and around the green was just on fire. He lost on, he lost off the tee. He lost on approach. He could be popular because you know, it's just the facts, right? People see that and think he looks so good and you know, the T2 and whatever, he's still only 8,700, but I like Casey much more and he really had it all pieced together. He just couldn't get his putter going, but I mean a third here, 12th here, 16th, he seems to like it. He's got it figured out. We talked a little bit about experience mattering, and having these distances and whatnot figured out, he's just an all-around good player. I think Casey fits, and then the other guys I like are in the bottom of this range. Are, are Morikawa, and I think you know Garcia will be popular. I'll wait for ownership, but I like Morikawa right below him. Really good all week. Made a mini run on Sunday, and and just couldn't get the putter going. Uh, always going to be in on Patrick Reed. He's sort of my second-tier guy to those guys I mentioned at the top that I just love. You know, when his price is right, because I think the upside is there. You and I talked about it plenty. Uh, you know, he's got love, love stuff around the green, love his putter, all that stuff. And then the upside for 8,400. And then the only one that I'm sort of like, if I, if those guys were green is my yellow would be Gary Woodland, uh, just cause I'm a sucker for Woodland. And I know it's not really a, well, it technically still is a club down course to your point. It's not what we normally say as a club down, but because they're not going to be using driver as much off the tee, I think he was even quoted as saying, you know, last year he only used two or three around if that, and he still, you know, he finished 17th. It wasn't terrible, but he's seen the course three times. Doesn't have the greatest recent form, so I think he'll be a good GPP play down in that range. Who do you got in this 8K range, Kenny?
0: Yes, Sergio's definitely my third cash game cornerstone this week, so I'm going high on cash uh, this week. A lot more loaded up uh, up on these top guys. Uh, I like Sergio because, you know, there is some comparison to Kranzer-Sierra, uh, and he has a, a home there. Uh, he's done well at the European Masters uh, in Switzerland at altitude. He's done well here. I don't think he's finished outside the top 12. Uh, in his three appearances here. Last week, uh, his iron game looked sharp. He just couldn't make a putt uh, to save his life, just like Casey, who I also like uh, this week a lot. And here's the thing. Uh, I like Casey a lot this week. A good iron play. Tee to Green Strong hits a lot of greens. against good good on the shorter uh, par fours. Uh, I like Morikawa, too, and, and he's actually first in strokes game approach in this field in the last 50 rounds. And if you look back at the leaderboards at this event, the last three years um you know three years ago only two golfers in the top 20 lost strokes on approaches uh three years ago only four golfers in the top 20 lost strokes on approaches last year nobody in the top 10 uh lost strokes on approaches so it's the iron game it's going to be the key this week and Morikawa is the best in the field now a little bit worried that he hasn't played here before but again he hasn't played any of the damn courses uh, you know, that he's played this year. And he's still made every cut. And he's still finishing no worse than 30th every single week. This kid's good. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, I like Morikawa. And I like a Leishman, um as a bit of a sleeper play uh, down low. He's probably hitting his irons better than he has uh, in a long time so far this fall. Um, his putter let him down a little bit last week. Uh, and, you know, he's usually a pretty good putter. Uh, but, I mean, his iron game has been really, really strong and really impressive uh, this season. So I like Leishman and possibly a uh, low-owned at $8,100. All right, go ahead into the 7K range, Samuel.
2: Yeah, just a point on Leishman. I, you know, I can't leave any Australians off the card right now with the narrative, right, that's going on. So got, got to have a little exposure there. Obviously, he's got the game for it. Seems like a good price at 8100 completely fair. And then the one I forgot there before I kick into the 7K was Fitzpatrick. He, he kind of fits the narrative where I'm back to the well, you know, approach Tita Green so good. He's a guy that I used in Showdown a lot, and it wasn't really him that was costing me. It was other plays. He just had no putter to be found. So, you know, that's one thing. And and then, you know, one last guy at 8K, just to make your point, I know you were nervous because you talked about on your, your pod there with Mayo, which everybody should check out if they haven't. Um, you know, Spieth was not back. Let's just say that. He he was back to sucking and and T59, all he really had for him was a little bit of the ground, the, around the green game. So you and I were... Spot on with that, and it's expected going forward. The two guys right there at the top, 7,900, can't avoid either of them. All year, playing them, don't care, especially at these prices. Don't care what field, strength, anything. Uh, Abe Anser and Sung Im, both completely fair. I know Im's a first-timer. Anser's seen it a couple times. Uh, the Tour Junkies had a podcast with Abe Anser's caddy, who I checked out there last week, and it was pretty solid. And the, he said, play Abe in hot weather. Well, the weather this week is supposed to be like 80 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit all week, solid. I'm going to play Abe. definitely like him. And then Im, always going to play him. His around the green game is sick. He holds out, but he's Jordan Spieth, but with everything else on top of around the green. So uh, up and comer, young gunner, we know that, but definitely back on M. The other guys, then there's sort of this range here of like Cam Smith, Snedeker, RCB. You know, those guys are all interesting, but you know it's not as high on my list as like the next tier that I love of Young Hanan and Tyrell, Tyrell Hatton. Those guys, I mean, I know Hatton's coming off the wrist injury. People will see the tweet that he posted today, but like answer and him, these guys just both feel too cheap, Uh, especially Hatton. Just overall, he's played this course really well. Uh, As far as he's going, he just won the Turkish airlines, which isn't the strongest field, but it will have other guys that I mentioned throughout when I start dropping these OWGR things. So Victor Perez, who's up above, he's a Euro guy. Most don't know about. He's got two seconds in his last five in the Euro tour. And before that, he was T4 at the WGC HSBC Champions back in November. And he's actually the world number 38 as of today, OWGR, Victor Perez. So he's a sleeper in there. But yeah, Hatton and the Turkish Airlines, there's no real, you know, thing to that. We'll get to some other guys. But, you know, Schwab, Robbie McIntyre, Big Bobby, you know, Kitiyama, Reed. those guys were all up there with him in that same tournament. They'll be guys I mentioned throughout. So who, who do you like in the top tier of, you know, 7,500 and up, Kenny?
0: I'm a fan of Abe and Sung Jae, just like you. Yeah, i uh, I'll be. be playing. Yeah, I'll be playing both of those guys. There's no doubt about that. I do like Victor Perez as well. Hey, I'm not going to go over too much. The guy's just been playing exceptionally good golf, Uh, you know, the last few months a- a- across the pond. I mean, the guys uh, jumped up hundreds of spots uh, in the World Golf Rankings in a very, very short period of time. Uh, So I like Perez. I like RCB. I like him in cash. Uh, the guy's been playing. He played well here before um, he had a decent finish. Uh, I think he did okay last week. I think he was top 20. If yeah. I
2: one note on RCB just while you're there. Cause you're right. That was the interesting part is he was dialed in on all his stats except approach. And that's normally where he is dialed in. So I'll definitely go back on RCB with you.
0: Yeah. I yeah, definitely like RCB. And then if I'm going to go down lower, uh, I like Benny on uh, at, at 7,400. I like his around the green game. I like how he avoids the big number. Uh, Baby so swag, I, maybe. Yeah, it could be. He just had a kid uh, this past week. So, you know, uh, he, he could have that nappy factor definitely going for him. Um, I like Scotty Scheffler a, a little bit this week at this price. You know, this is not a, uh, you know, a, a single digit like, you know, minus eight, minus seven. You, you still get about 20. You know, the winner gets around 18 to 25 birdies, uh, you know, in, in, in this event. Uh, So I do like Scotty, who I think does better on courses where there's more opportunities for Birdie. And he showed me a little something last week, you know, when I didn't think that he could perform well, uh, that well on a course where you don't have too many scoring activities. And I think his 30th place finish was very respectable for the way his game has been. So uh, I'll I'll take a little bit of Scotty down below. Who do you like?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll start there because there's only really three guys down at the, the bottom range here that I like. And the first one is Scheffler near the bottom. And it's just, it's just like you said, he's kind of like a Cow, right? First timer, but of course he is. So didn't really have his best stuff last week. Still T30 to your point. You know, had a couple miscuts cuts before that, but then it was the third and the fifth. I like his upside always at these lower prices, so I'll be on him. Vegas sort of agrees, you know, if you got a Molinari at 125 and a Kang and Kokrak types at 140, they got Scheffler in around 100 to 110 uh, so I definitely like that as far as, you know, a bet, even if you wanted or, uh, you know, just definitely use him a DK at 7,100. I think he's a fine play in a no cut event. The other two guys I like, I mentioned above just quickly, but Kiriyama burned everyone a couple weeks ago. The first time he showed up at a PGA event, it not really burned, but I shouldn't say that at all. He did well. It was just for the price and he wasn't really owned. Not as many people went there because they were shy to go there. I shouldn't have said burned at all. It's more that people were shy to go there. And now he's, he's down to 7,200. He's another guy, world number 68. 18th at Pebble, 6th at Dubai, which is a tough field. Uh, second at that Turkish I mentioned with Hatton. So if you think Hatton fits here, it's a tournament that, that might suit up. It's it's a good spot for him there. And he was 28th, Kiriyama, at the last WGC. Uh, and then Big Bobby McIntyre, uh, you know, he's a guy a lot of the, you know, Twitter guys and whatnot will be riding. His, his recent form, besides his near miss cut, is 8th, 14th, 8th, and 7th. He's a Euro guy, has decent Vegas odds for this range at 90 to 1. T17. At the last WGC, so if you say, oh, buddy, he doesn't play in the PGA. And then how about this? The Open, T6. So this guy's got game. We know he's got game. I think he's a great play uh, at 7,200. And this is where you're going to have to differentiate. Like I said, I love these no-cut events, and this is why. Because if you just do some digging, you can find some of these guys that can stand out for you. So that's Bobby McIntyre at 7,200 that lines up with all those stats.
0: All right, that sounds good. Let's move to the 6K range. I'll do my final cash game cornerstone, and it's going to be Carlos Ortiz at $6,600. Uh, Going low Uh, again. The uh, you know Ortiz is playing uh, in Mexico. You would think that you know it could be a lot of pressure on him, but you look back at the Mayakoba uh, this past fall. He finished second uh, at the Mayakoba, which is also in Mexico, which is also a home country event for Ortiz. So I don't think that's going to bother him that much. But the thing, the reason, main reason I like him is because he's very, very good uh, around the green. His iron games are well above average, and he avoids the big number. Uh, And I think that's perfect for a guy that you're going to punt with in cash because this is definitely a punt play just so i can fit the other guys i want up top uh you know and actually in my model he's 17th ranked in this field so you know based on just putting in the numbers and putting in the stats it seems like he should fit this course even though he hasn't played it yet now it's definitely a risk but it's not as risky as if there was a cut you got to remember there's no cut this week. You need birdies. You want a lot I want a lot of these top guys on my cash game. I want DJ up top because I just got a feeling uh, about DJ this week. So, my four cash game cornerstones this week. Dustin Johnson at 11,000, uh Fleetwood at 9200. Uh then we got uh Sergio at 8600. And Ortiz at $6,600. This leaves you $14,600 left to finish out your, the rest of your lineup. Now, another guy I really do like, who I think you can also use in cash if you don't want to use Ortiz, or if you want to double up. You can even double up in the six K if you want to get super aggressive uh, and, and fit more of these guys, like oh, all your guys over $8,000 or something like that. Uh, I like Munoz uh, a lot this week. You know, above average Iron Game. He makes a ton of birdies. Uh, you know, top 13th and birdies a better gained in this field in the last 50 rounds. He crushes par fives. Uh, you know, uh, the worry I do have about him why I like probably Ortiz a little bit better uh, than him in cash is because uh, he, he does, he, he gets a lot of doubles. Uh, and that's the one thing about Munoz. And that's the one thing you have to worry about uh, this week. Other guys that do like uh Lucas Herbert, Uh, This week. The guy's been playing exceptionally good golf. He's on uh, a current form run, one of the best he's had in a while across the pond. Another Australian. Uh, You know, go ahead and just just lock him in, I guess, because (laughs) uh, they're they're taking over the PGA Tour uh, as of now. So I do like him a little bit. Um, You know, and there's not that many other guys. I might take a flyer uh, on Lanto, uh, Brendan Todd, uh, Ryan Fox. But those are the three guys that I like the
2: most. Who do you like? Like a bunch of guys, really. I'll I'll go through them quick, but you know, it's more of a stars and scrubs week for me. I mentioned the guys at the top. You know, Decky, Rom, Rory. You know, if you got to get a few course history or whatever you want to call them lineups in with DJ, if you're going to go that route, you know, I can see using that, and then you're going to need more of these guys at the bottom. So I'm going to rattle off a few. But uh, Christian Bezudenhout or Bezuden Goat, as he might go by. I mean, he just won an event last week. It's a you know a zero strength of field. It's a nothing event. But before that. He was 21st and second in Saudi and Dubai uh, with much stronger fields, so I think he's a guy that could show up. I, I like Matthias Schwab, another Euro guy, and was T4 at last at the last WGC with Perez, who I already mentioned. Uh, and then you got some other guys like Glover, you know, 50th and 49th at Pebble and Torrey. But the one thing that stands out to me is he actually had his putter going, which is what we'll need here. So I think that could be something where he turns it on and, and puts in something a little better. And then Munoz. You mentioned T to Green approach, both solid at Riviera, just a T twenty six, but still always has scoring upside. Uh and you mentioned the um you know the correlation with the Omega, right? At Crans what how do you say it again? Crans Sir Sierra. Sierra yeah. yeah, all the guys that like so Rory was third, uh Lorenzo Vera, who I'll get to in a second, was sixth, Tommy Fleetwood was eighth, Lucas Herbert was T eight and he's got a win since then. Schwab was T eight, Kinholt T twelve, Bazidenhout t12 and then eric evr who i'll get to t12 this is sort of the the correlation stuff and narrative if you're going to play some of that but uh definitely like ortiz who you mentioned poa back on poa again play poa poa play ortiz always talked about on twitter love that i think it's solid t26 t25 the last two out evr is the more well-known of the euro bunch the world number 52 but he does really well in strong fields on both tours so I think this price is really weird at 6,600 because he had a T20 at the Open, a T8 at the PGA Championship last year. I mean, he's playing in these strong fields that where only X amount of guys, as Brooks Koepka likes to say, actually count. And he's been in the top 20 at the last two majors uh, on the PGA Tour. So, I mean, that, that's something. And then Lorenzo Vera, who I mentioned, world number 65, just mentioned his Cran narrative. And, and he's shown up in some really strong Euro and PGA events and got a T16 at the PGA championship last year. So there's a lot of guys down here that I rattled off just now that you can use. Uh, and then like you mentioned the Griffins and the the other guys that you could use, like the, the Todd's, the actual winners on tour. So, I mean, you know, that to me is a lot of guys you can use down here. I just think it's a week. You got to be different and you don't got to leave, you know, 4,000 bucks on the table just to be different in this field. There's a lot of Euro guys and low price guys and builds that you can do to make your lineups a little bit different.
0: Yeah. I really like your love of the Euro guys because you know, in a lot of interviews uh, about this course, they say it has a Euro track feel to it. So a lot of these guys feel comfortable, uh, probably more comfortable here than they would at Riviera or something like that. You know, where it's like 70 or you know, some course where it's just super long and difficult. Um, maybe like a Tory or something. You know, they they, 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 they the Europeans would definitely feel more comfortable in this type of course it's not as long it's more technical that's the way the european tour usually is with yeah. the smaller greens uh, i i think it's very smart targeting a bunch of these european guys in this low in this 6k range i think it's a very very sharp move of uh, this week so i like your train of thought anybody else we missed this week tamil
2: no, rattle off a bunch. Like I said, I think that's good for now. It's just sort of, Not want to give away the whole player pool, but I, you know, I, I want to name as many people so you guys can build towards the style of lineups you want to build. It's a week. Like I said, it's a smaller field. It's condensed. You got to get different to Kenny's point. And the other thing I think about the, the Euros that come over, I mean, they're all going to Mexico for it. I don't mean come over that way since, but to get in a big PGA event like this, the, the prize pool is massive. It's a WGC. It can set your career on fire. If you can take down a Rory DJ Mac or JT ROM type at the top and squeak one out, or even a second place pays huge. So they're going to be motivated to come with their best stuff. And a lot of them are in form, as I just mentioned. So definitely think it's a week to get a little bit unique, but don't go overboard. That's just my last piece of advice on that.
0: All right. That sounds good. Let's do bets. Who you got this week there,
2: brother? Just four for me. Um, I'll, I'll save the best for last, but I got Snedeker. 66 an each way. didn't get to mention him too much DFS wise, but uh, you know, it hasn't been the greatest lately, but again, you know, Snedeker on Poe is always a thing. Snedeker, you know, disrupting or, or crashing the party at a big boy event, always a thing. So definitely like Snedeker. He's got the around the green game. He can adapt. He had a good showing. The, the one time he did play here, I believe it was a seventh place three years ago. So yeah, Snedeker 66 with each way. Uh, I picked up Reed. He's already dropped. I got Reed at 50 with the each way, just to, again, like having him this year at those big numbers, at uh, the Masters, I'll be the same way. I've got Xander, the WGC killer, at 20 as my guy there. And then my saving grace or whatever you want to call it of the week or what might be the, the hedge life is DJ and Victor Hovland. Uh, and we'll get to the, the Puerto Rico Open just for one and done for a second. I'll give you a couple names because the, the GUPS quarter one and done is two events this week for a reminder for all. You do have to enter for both. It's super easy. The tabs are at the top of when you're normal normally making picks. You just click the other tab and you can make it. And I got Hovland over there with DJ here
0: in case he does get a, you know, a third time at a four at 88 to one. What do you got, Kenny? I'm going DJ up top seven to one. I know. I don't usually take bets that low, but like I said, I just got a feeling about Dustin Johnson this week, the way he played last week and to be at a high of a finish with such a shitty game. I think, if he, I think he can get it on, on target uh, here this week. So I'm going Dustin Johnson seven to one. Um, I do like, um, Xander, uh, no, I'm sorry, Fleetwood at 22 to one. And then I'm going Ortiz at 150 to one. I only got three bets for the pod. I might add some more later on, but those are the main three that I'm going to go on this week. So I got uh, DJ Fleetwood and Ortiz. Now one and done. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take, uh, I think I already used Dustin Johnson. Um, If I haven't, I'm using him, Uh, but I think I've already used him. So Dustin Johnson, if it's not Dustin Johnson, it's going to be Fleetwood. And then over at the Puerto Rico Open, it's going to be Hoffman.
2: Yeah. So I was going to bring up some of that stuff. So I just, you know, some options, Fleetwood, Decky, X, Rom, DJ here. And then for the the PRO, it's, you know, Victor Hovland, because when else are you going to use him? We don't even know what he's in yet for for events over on the PGA Tour. Exactly, exactly. It's a good spot to burn him up. I know he'll be super popular, but he's, you know, the odds he is for a reason. He probably, you know, my guess is just because I'm betting him and all that shit, I try and be positive, but I just got a feeling he's not going to win because of that. I just, I I want him in case, right? I think he's definitely the class of the field. We've been waiting for him to show up and get his W. I think it'd be a cool spot to see it done. It might jinx him for the rest of the career, like Tony Finau, but for, for Hovland to get it would be sweet. And then Scott Brown, who you saw come T2 just last week, he's turned it on. And Alex Norin is another one I really like over there. I actually might use him because I got the bet on Hovland, and I'll use maybe Noren over there because just a, a high name that has been on fire lately with you know possibilities, and now he gets a field like that. I think it would be a good spot for him to get the win as well.
0: Uh, it's actually pretty funny when it comes to the winners of the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, anyone that has won the Puerto Rico Open has never won again. Yeah. <laughs> has That's never crazy. won again on tour. So we'll see. Oh, maybe you don't want to win the Puerto Rico open uh, this week. All right. So did, did we miss anything? We good to go? No, I think we're good to go. Gambo, yeah, tell them where they can find you. Yeah. You mentioned
2: gupscorner.com guys. Use the promo code DGen 10 Talk about it all the time. Come for the content and tools. Definitely for the tools right now. I mean, they're starting to pop off. Everyone's loving them. They're posting stuff about it in the Slack. You know, multiple people won this week, had used the tools. Uh, and just found a much easier way. They pushed a giant update to it uh, Gup and Josh ADHD on Twitter. They're, they've been working feverishly on it, getting it up and, and ready and still doing even more improvements. So that's super cool. And then, like I say, come for the content tools, stay for the community. The Slack is awesome. It's going to be great to see everyone down at the DFS open at the Honda classic pump to get down there. Kenny and I'll be recording next week. Uh, and then we meet up sort of the, the next couple of days and we'll be there for everybody next weekend. So lo- looking forward to seeing everybody at the Honda, but let's first, let's crush it this week at the WGC.
0: All right, you can find me at gupscorner.com. My article's already up for this week. Remember, use promo code DGEN10. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Make sure, if you enjoy the pod, uh, leave a five star review, uh, leave a five star rating, and a review. It really helps us out. All right, so let's have a great week this week. It should be a fun tournament, great course. Let's win some motherfucking money, DGEN Nation.